0: Welcome to way twogs Bagpipe and History Podcast, where I, your host Jeremy, explores the possible repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Come and let's enjoy some tunes. So a lot of thank yous, I guess, uh, this episode, um, really enjoyed John Charles's episode, um, real dedicated listeners to the podcast and the folks on Patreon will, uh, know or remember that, uh, way back, uh, in season four, I guess episode six, uh, I included some, uh, recordings from, uh, Kiss to Riches, uh, like John Charles did, and I just got you know, I, I, I tried to get permissions to do it and, uh, I couldn't. And so I took that episode down. Uh, and I really had imagined a completely different trajectory for the podcast. Once I started using kiss riches of like, Oh, this is what every episode should be. I should use those archival recordings and maybe I play one or two attempts, but really the archives being the bulk of the episodes. And I gave up, um, you know it was during the pandemic and people had other priorities which is maybe why they didn't respond to me particularly helpfully um but John Charles has been doing the work and uh, they've just been great and he's been great so I'm I'm really looking forward to his bonus episodes and so is Robin too you can hear him chirping down there so yeah looking looking forward to more uh guest episodes yeah uh looking forward to more guest episodes from John Charles you know, I haven't heard the mail coach sting for a while, so let's uh, let's go to the mail coach. <laughs> I think our our mail coach thing kind of got out of use uh, after season five. haven't used it much, and really mostly I used it for when Keith Sanger emailed it anyway, and uh, so it felt like a good thing to bring on a retirement for this episode. Uh, Shortly after I posted the Halloween episode, uh, Keith emailed me with uh, an article he wrote a couple of years ago on the Piper's warning to his master, and uh, yeah, it's got some interesting new research, and uh, I asked him if I could read on the podcast, and he said, go for it, and keith has done that for me a couple times and i I don't think i've ever actually gotten around to reading one of his articles so we'll read this uh, report on piper's warning to his master before we kick off the tunes (laughs) newspaper report sheds new light on the piper's warning by keith singer the various stories along with the tunes associated with the piper's warning to his master have over the years produced much speculation especially regarding exactly how the music could have conveyed a warning In 1982, Alec Haddow, in his book of the History and Structure of Kilmore, devoted a number of pages to bringing together and analyzing the background to this tune, but came to the conclusion that, "...it seems most unlikely that we can ever know what really happened, but the body of tradition is so great that one inclines to the belief that some version of the story is probably true." Although this account had been... Uh, the most exhaustive discussion on the tune's background, it did miss one slightly earlier examination of the traditional lore surrounding a Kolomoron, which appears at the end of an article on Kolokyotak by uh, Ronald Black in the Transactions of the Gaelic Society of Inverness, published in the volume for 1972-74. After discussion of the various merits of Dunaverti, Dunnyveg and duntrun the three castles that appear in the various traditional accounts he produced, uh, proceeded to make a case for Duniveg on Isla and that it was most likely to have been associated with the escape of Colochiolach from that castle in 1615. That is where things have rested apart from occasional discussion regarding that what in the tune structure would have consisted of a warning to someone in a boat approaching a castle now in enemy hands. The basis of this traditional stories Uh, But a recent discovery of a contemporary newspaper report which refers to the events throws some completely new light on what happened. It appeared on Thursday, 30th September 1647 in issue 133 of the Moderate Intelligencer, a a paper which had been founded in London in 1645. At the end of an article on the final capture and execution of old Cole Keddock, uh, it refers back to his previous escape from capture. For when they had, in those days, hold this old rebellious fox, Kol Karach, in a castle within an island, and had his ships and force enough to have battered the place and have taken him, he having two or three boats under the castle in the dark night, slipped into one of them and set a bagpiper in the other, who playing, all the ships' boats followed the sound of the bagpipe, while in the meantime Kol Karach in the other boat escaped away." End quote. From what is known about Kolo sacrificing his piper as a means to escape is not out of character, and the words to the song A Kolomoron suggest a piper possibly devoted enough to do it, but a somewhat more charitable view of his actions, apart from the fact that the scenario as described does not fit the description of Piper's warning is that the Piper had been placed in the leading boat of the escape attempt with instructions to strike up if it encountered any of blockading ships, which, in turn, warned off the following boats uh, containing kolokyarak as well as drawing in the rest of the blockading vessels. This would also suggest that it was the fact that the Piper played, rather than what he played, that would have constitu- <laughs> constituted the warning, quote, uh, sorry, and. Another aspect of this account that might also add credibility is that the Piper was presumably captured at sea along with the boat, since those left behind by Kolakjodak and Daniveg had yet to surrender. The predominantly Campbell forces involved in the blockade May have considered simply sailing the, capt- uh, sailing the captured Piper and boat's crew to the security of the Campbell Castle at Duntroon for imprisonment, the easiest option given the prevailing winds and tides. It would also nicely explain the reason why the confusion between the two castles and uh, would have arisen in the traditional stories, especially the captured Piper, uh, if the captured Piper was subsequently executed while still at Duntroon. The full text of the newspaper report reads, Old Kol Karach, who was taken in the cliffs, not far from the last conquered castle on the highlands, held out by himself, out of which he was stealing away by the rocks, was lately brought prisoner, and Captain Brown's ship to Burnt Island, and after sent westward to the army, there sentenced and on the 15th of September hanged. The deserved end of one that had been outlawed and in rebellion in the kingdom For the space of six and thirty years lieutenant general leslie's horse hath done more in eleven months as to the extirpation of this and other outlaws and rebels in the red country than king james and his warriors could do in seventeen years for when they had in those days hold this rebellious fox in the castle within an island and had ships and force enough to have battered the place and taken him he having two or three boats under the castle the dark knight slipped into one of them and set a bagpiper in the other who playing all the ships boats followed the sound of the bagpipe, while in the meantime, Kolkarak in the other boat escaped away. The Marquis of Argyle's country is extremely depopulate. Scarce an inhabitant in 80 or 100 miles together on the sea coast, both man, woman, and child, those that were in rebellion, went to pot, being thrown down the rocks and other odd deaths, most or all the highlands are now quiet except where the Marquis of huntley still skulks to and fro with 40 or 50 followers and no more as is said but it's to be wished they may not again unhappily prove as a snowball all seems quiet at present from the modern intelligencer london thursday 30th september 1647 issue 133
1: Hmm.
0: thank you keith yeah that's uh interesting research i like that it kind of still gels with everything and it makes me feel like I should finally read that haddo book uh haddo haddo uh anyway the structures of Kilmore bought that a while back but haven't cracked it even uh okay anyway let's get on with some tunes um the bulk of the episode is well really this episode came about for a couple reasons um I got a new set of small pipes, so it's like new bagpipe day. Uh, for years, I have wanted a set of John Wall shuttle pipes. I think I talked about this on the Halloween episode, and uh, my buddy Dave Barrett indeed had a set in his um, closet and sold them to me. So I've got a set of John Wall shuttle pipes finally. So uh wound up playing through a bunch of tunes on it and uh, yeah, largely played through a bunch of Barry Shear's tunes and last time I played through one of uh, Barry Shear's books I really enjoyed pairing it with a historic setting or historic collection too so um Barry's tunes are great on their own right and last time it was really interesting to pair it with a, a big playthrough of Eliza Ross uh this time around I'm doing a big playthrough of Donald McDonald's um I think it's 1828 his collection of dance music um I'm not sure that there's not as much of a connection in the music stylings of Donald McDonald as there was between um, Eliza Ross and the Kate Brenton stuff, But, but yeah, still really Awesome tunes from Barry and awesome tunes from Donald McDonald. Some are repeats on the Donald McDonald stuff. I'm starting a kind of playthrough. This is the first episode of playing every tune in Donald McDonald's collection. Um, so this is the first ten tunes or so, I think. But anyway, uh, let's get started with those John Wall shuttlepipes. All right, we'll start with uh, one of Barry's jigs. This is the Royston session. Um, you know, I saw Barry's book was coming out, and I knew that I was going to be getting a set of small pipes. And so I was trying to get a hold of a copy of it, but the shipping, uh, was sort of pricey and I was asking if there's a place to get it in the States and Barry just sent it to me, which is absurdly generous. So, um, anyway, we're going to play some tunes and people should buy his book for Christmas. Uh, so it's worth it for him to have comped me a book. Uh, anyway, here's the Royston session. such a good tune um i really like the way that this book is organized the you know barry's older collections like gathering of the clans um sing, play it like you sing it especially is kind of divided with sheet music on one side and notes and kind of images on the other and at honestly at first glance it turned me off um it made sense to me like from a historian standpoint i was like okay i really like having the notes obviously and the, autobi- the biographical information from um, play it like you sing it is, is really valuable but it I don't know, something it was jarring at first, but looking through Legacy, I just I love it. I just absolutely love it. I adore it and you know, the notes to these collections of tunes. Like I want to know those stories and you know, I've I've only had maybe fewer than 5 conversations with Barry, but they've been lovely and I very much enjoy his conversation and visiting with him and reading through these lovely like these autobiographical notes about the tunes that he wrote. It's it's great and I also uh, desperately want to have another conversation or two with him. Um, so that Royston that Session tune, uh, it's jig that he wrote. Uh, it's a tune that he composed after kind of first moving to British Columbia and the first session that kind of happened at their house when a friend was passing through. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite tunes in the book. I think most of my favorite ones are actually in the Halloween episode, but Royston session is, is definitely up there. This next one we're going to play David, uh, Dave McIsaac's pipe jig, another tune that Barry wrote and just like reading through his little blurb. He's like, Oh yeah, Dave, Dave and I go back many years. Good friend, brilliant, brilliant, multi-instrumentalist, walking encyclopedia of King Brenton music. And then like looking at the photo and reading the blurb, like, Oh yeah, I got to know Dave while we were going on tour with Stan Rogers. Like, Tour with John Allen Cameron and Stan Rogers in 1981. Like, oh, right. Uh, I forgot that. Yeah, anyway, just like, oh, Barry toured with Stan Rogers. All right, wild. Uh, Anyway, here's Dave McIsaac's Pipe Jig. All right, this next one is another Barry Shears original. Uh, this is a jig called Wee Patty, named after Bill McGinnis. Uh, McGinnis was born in Ontario, but raised in Northern Ireland, and was a former pipe major at the Black Watch. Um, anyway, Barry and Bill kind of did workshops occasionally, crossing paths and uh, hanging out in competitions. And Anyway, lovely tune. So here is Wee Patty. Mm, Good tune. Definitely made a bit of a goof on the uh, last time through there. I feel a little guilty uh, for some reason knowing that Barry will probably hear this uh, makes my approach to this music a little bit more nerve-wracking. Because, you know, I I give these tunes uh, anywhere from one to four playthroughs before recording a version that I'm happy enough with and I'm, I fear that, I, I, I don't know, I worry that my, uh, it's good enough threshold is worsening with, uh, a slightly less practice time than I used to, but, uh, anyway, we'll see, I guess it's good that I'm getting this episode out, even if it's there too late, so that I keep practicing. Uh, anyway, this next one, another very original jig, this is the Stinson's of Ballymena, uh, this is Brian Stinson, is a buddy of his that, uh, Yeah, it helps Barry with his third book and also plays pipes and stuff. But yeah, lovely tune as ever. Stinsons of Ballymena All right, I, pr- I promise eventually I'll get out of the jig section, but uh, this is another Barry jig. This is Chateau Glen. I'm saying Barry because not all these tunes are explicitly written by Barry. We'll get to some that are uh, Barry kind of cleaning up older versions or tunes even contributed by other people. But this one, original Barry tune, Chateau Bear-Glenn. Um This is named after uh, some folks that have been excellent hosts to him uh, on Cape Breton, Rod C., and Helen McNeil. Rod and Helen were really involved in the pipe band and piping scene in Cape Breton and had a bunch of kids that piped. And so there was just always a bunch of kids who piped. And, uh, anyway, Barry suggested they should run some sort of a youth for piping, or a hostile youth for piping, a youth hostel for piping and whatever. Any, <laughs> you should just read what Barry wrote. Anyway, he suggested it be called Chateau Bear Glen. And that's where we got the name of the tune. And it's lovely. <laughs> So I wanted shuttle pipes uh, because of the engineering is really neat. Um, The ability to just like pick them up and play, I thought would be really neat because they are very stable. Um, And because I needed a small pipe that I could play uh, around Robin. And so I'm really glad I had them uh and i've enjoyed that we're gonna hear some tracks later where you'll hear robin listening and offering commentary while i'm playing um he he doesn't mind them he's really more interested in my fingers seemingly than the music at this point uh he does a sweet thing when i'm playing whistle i I will like hug him and play whistle and he'll grab my fingers um sometimes enabling me to play sometimes not um so anyway he's he's definitely still figuring out shuttle pipes like he looks at them enjoys them but really what he really likes is being able to see my face and being able to see my fingers so that's a little challenging having um, a blowpipe and i wanted blowpipe so that i didn't have to strap a bellows on and off to play music for him but uh, anyway all a learning thing all that is to say that i'm really glad i have wall shuttle pipes um they're a joy to play but they're kind of tedious to listen to, I'm finding, and kind of listening back. So um, this is Jerry Holland's Pipe Jig, uh, except I decided to add a bunch of more instruments. So this is Jerry Holland's Pipe Jig, primarily on... Uh, shuttle pipes as like the the host instrument and then I've added some ellen pipes, some jaw harp and some whistles as well Uh, this tune was named for uh, Jerry Holland who Barry describes as a virtuoso of Cape Breton violin and uh, violin music and a prolific composer of new music Uh, born in Massachusetts uh, to parents from the Maritimes and then he later moved to Cape Breton So, anyway, here's Jerry Holland's Pipe Jig with me doing a bunch of stuff to it (laughs) a lot a lot going on there good tune (laughs) i maybe need to consider that your palate cleanser jaw harp and whistle if that if that doesn't clear your palate and make you ready for something a little bit more calm uh i don't know what will uh so next we're going to do a couple more of these autobiographical ones these ones seemed um good to kind of do at the end here this is uh mary jane kelly which is um a jig that barry wrote for his mother-in-law and yeah again as with all these it's a lovely tune but here's Mary Jane. to mary jane kelly this is aunt may's reel so aunt may is mary jane kelly's sister um it says here that uh she's a great step dancer renowned for wit and lots of humorous stories about growing up in rural um and rural Antigonish county goosh if i got that wrong that's gonna be embarrassing i've got quite a few listeners in okay, Cape i was go so show sorry y'all um the anyway i'm not sure uh last year barry and i had that uh, interview chat episode about gathering of the glens Uh, gathering of the clans rather his first book and he mentioned a story about one of his relatives coming in on him um, practicing a reel for a competition and she asked what stress he was playing and he said it was a reel and she said no it's nowhere near fast enough or something like that i'm not sure if that's this aunt may or not um, but it's a lovely tune anyway so here is aunt may's reel Just had a uh, funny epiphany i don't know if anybody also had this like that tune is called aunt may's reel right and like i was mostly concerned about whether or not it was barry's relative that walked in on him playing a reel for competition uh and then and they thought it was too slow like that was that was the connection i made not the fact that spider-man's like parent figure is aunt may in the comic bagpipes are weird they do weird stuff to your brain i'm glad that this is our like popular culture that i'm thinking about like Deep, <laughs> deep cuts on Barry Shear's background and piping, rather than marble stuff. But uh, anyway, uh, this kind of I think that sort of takes us out of the more autobiographical tunes um, that Barry wrote that I'm going to play for the podcast. There's a lot more, and honestly, I am counting on getting another set of small pipes um, from Robert Felsberg in a couple months, and I'm I'm planning to revisit a couple more of these tunes, um, just because Barry's books are such a joy to kind of play through. So, the book is not just uh, excellent tunes written by Barry. He's got uh, a section that is tunes written by other people in kind of the Cape Breton tradition. Uh, so, we're, we'll play one of those too. This is uh, Captain Angus L. McDonald, or Lament for a Friend. This was composed by pipe major Fraser Holmes. Um, this tune was written like a, a while ago, I think, though. So um fraser holmes composed a cement for his friend and fellow veteran of the first world war angus l Macdonald. and mcdonald uh, was gaelic speaking soldier and politician from cape brenton and he and holmes both served in the 85th battalion nova scotia highlanders angus l was premier of nova scotia from 1933 to 1940 when he became the federal government's um, minister of defense for naval services during the second world war man premier again in 1945 to 1954 and he died in office so yeah old tune um composed by Fraser Holmes, Captain Angus MacDonald. probably played that too fast and shouldn't have fuddled around it a little bit but one of the things i like about uh at least the setup of these uh shuttle pipes that used to be owned by dave so i keep thinking as this as the dave barrett shuttle pipes but the bass drone um shuts off pretty easily with, with pressure but it also comes in pretty stable um so yeah you can kind of blow it out and then bring it back in, uh, which can be done musically effectively. I I would say that I didn't do it effectively in that performance there. Um, Getting the drones to not squeak is possible. I just didn't pull it off on that one. All right. This next one is, uh, one of another type of, uh, tunes that show up a lot in Barry's book here, which are tunes that he transcribed from older sources. So this is John McKeegan's McKeegan's reel or McKeegan's reel, um, which Barry got off of a recording from Walter Beaton, uh, from Pictou County. Uh, you know, Barry says he's seen this tune in a couple 19th century settings as well as in Joseph MacDonald's um, treatise on the Highland Bagpipe from 1760-ish. So yeah, cool old tune and yeah, fun, fun to play too. So anyway, here's John McEachin's reel. and this next one is another one of these older tunes that uh barry's kind of arranging and this one is celebrate the big Bonnets or huger uh vanad uh, i think that's how you say that uh, in the book barry's got some lyrics for it and talks about kind of julie Fowlis singing it and then he's got another set of lyrics that uh barry got uh, or, or that were collected by aj smith and kate Breton. anyway here is uh celebrate the big bonnet and This is the first track that you can hear Robin being entertained or not by listening to the pipes. And this next one is Walter Beaton's reel, which Barry transcribed off of a wax cylinder recording of Walter Beaton playing many, many years ago. enough, this, uh, this last new-to-me recording for this week uh, from Barry's book uh, is another one that he wrote, uh, Snuffing the Candle. Snuffing the Candle, Like I, I recorded it, I had it in my notes, and it just feels like such an old-sounding tune that I didn't realize it was a new one to Barry. So anyway, here is Snuffing the Candle, which is a reference to a uh, basically Kate Breton trick in dancing was to put out a flame with the heels. Anyway, so here is the real snuffing the candle from barry shears's book legacy so you know so these have all been from barry Shear's book legacy which is a collection of photographs and music and i you know i guess i'm i don't know <laughs> i'm not a paid sponsor although i did get a free copy of this book uh so but i don't know you've heard the tunes they're awesome um i definitely didn't do justice to them they're they're fantastic things and uh yeah, I, I mentioned this before at one point. Uh very little inspires me to want to get out my Highland pipes and uh and I really want to get my Highland pipes out to play some of these marches and uh next 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 new set of pipes I'll I'll do a little bit more variety. Um it felt right to do, you know, all of these berry tunes on an instrument also from you know from, from Nova Scotia, I guess. Cape breton ish. And uh Yeah. It's um It's good stuff. It's really good music. Check it out. There's time to get it before Christmas. (laughs) You can beg and plead. And it's nice and, like, wire-bound. I'm more and more preferring uh, tune books that are wire-bound so that they, you know, don't all come falling apart when I'm reading them. So, anyway, thanks again, Barry, for the copy of the book. And uh, that's definitely not the last we have heard from it. Well worth the effort. I'll have a link in the show notes where you can pick up your own copy. All right, next we are going to do... Um, some more, some more tunes on John Walsh shuttlepipes. Uh, this time we are playing through Donald McDonald's collection of dance tunes. Uh, many of these tunes I've already played in the podcast. I just kind of wanted an excuse to play some more stuff. I will not be talking about these. These are just going to be a playthrough. So anyway, the first tune in the book is a Highland reel. So here it is from Donald Macdonald, 1828. <laughs> and uh here's tune two also with robin having some strong opinions about it uh this is sweet molly tune two and this is uh sleepy maggie which is tune three um yeah uh, anyway yeah it's kind of cool robin was getting pretty fussy and then i switched to sleepy maggie and he i don't know he kind of chilled out he likes this tune anyway which makes sense because the old uh, david young setting for it is called jolly robin so maybe that's why maybe we'll include that too sleepy maggie is a tune that i like half finished a deep dive episode on so Anyway, here is Donald McDonald setting for Sleeping Maggie, and maybe I'll do some more with it. do a full-on deep dive into sleepy maggie um for this episode but it, and i might not i mean the tune is really i don't know that a ton comes from exploring all the different settings for it it certainly shows up around uh shows up a bunch in the 18th century but uh, anyway i am going to play david young setting just because it's the only tune that i recorded for the sleepy maggie deep deep dive tune and i haven't played david young in a while david young stuff is so good uh it's from the 1730s and like I said, his setting for it is called Jolly Robin. The other reason I'm including it is it's also on small pipes. And, uh, giving it a quick listen through, like, you can really, you can still hear the difference. Like, I'm, I'm loving these John Wall Shuttle pipes. And years ago, I used to complain that they weren't particularly musical. Like, they were a great practice instrument, but they weren't, there weren't something I'd want to listen to a bunch. And I had, um, my opinion on that had changed since not having a set and since, um, listening to like picking there's are su- such a joy to play they're just such a joy to play but after listening to them kind of a lot i'm struck at how much i prefer the tone and sound of these denny hall small pipes granted those are in d um but it's still just and i might just be wanting a variety <laughs> that might be what it is i want variety uh so anyway here is uh jolly robin from david young's very big and interesting setting from the 1730s to donald mcdonald uh this is lady seaforth a reel, and the heat is back on in my house the winter recording is going to make it um make it interesting i am in the basement like i said before and you can definitely hear a lot in the house the basement is not as quiet as the second story of my place in iowa for recording purposes but anyway here's lady seaforth from donald mcdonald <laughs> Right, and this next one is a little painful to listen to because uh, I, I get Robin's interest again and then clearly lose it by the end. But anyway, this is uh, Lady Mary Mackay. uh but uh, clearly robin's done he's done all right so yeah now here's uh brogues and brock and uh back to donald mcdonald and i think i think this is without robin as an audience <laughs> is Roy's wife Next is uh, Cameroonian Rant, which is, I, I, honestly, that's the third episode on Cabaret that I never quite could figure out a way to need to finish, because it's all so similar, but uh, anyway, here's Cameroonian Rant from Donald McDonald. so this is another tune from the family of Black and the Grey and Cabaret and all that. <laughs> another tune that could have like a 20 episode arc on as Jenny Dang the Weaver. And this is Tail Toddle. of all of this crop of um tunes from donald mcdonald uh this first batch anyway i think old rusty gun this next one is probably my favorite This is The Piper's Maggot. gray. Here's a tune I'm pretty sure I've done recently. This is Keep the Country Bonnie Lassie. Tune on shuttle pipes here is Aural Marsicle, and uh, that's also the final tune that we're doing here on uh, Donald McDonald. That takes us up to 10 tunes at least. Now, one, two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Oh, wow. Okay, well, there's the first 15 tunes of Donald McDonald. Um, yeah, we'll go out with Earl Mariscal, and we'll talk a little bit after. So yeah, there's the first 15 tunes in Donald McDonald's uh, collection of dance music. This is a collection of quick steps, bays, reels, and jigs, arranged ranch with a highland bagpipe. Um, yeah, I was using uh, the version that's from uh, Kill Sean, but there's also uh, another setting that I'll link in the show notes to um, uh, that's, that's from the John Glenn collection. The thing about the John Glenn copy is sort of cool uh or, or different anyway in the john glenn edition there's a lot of tunes that don't have names uh, at all uh or have uh, only have the gaelic names so the whatever edition kill Sean got a hold of uh is is a little bit better the tunes are the same um but it's just you know the i think glenn had an older edition and the later editions added a lot more tune names to it but uh, anyway it's interesting stuff i I don't know i i enjoy playing everything like it feels like a good podcast project to do to like complete a thing like rather than having a rewatch podcast you have a replay podcast is sort of what i'm imagining here but um yeah i'm i'm looking forward to getting a lot of these donald mcdonald tunes in one place and uh listening to them in one go so if you're on the patreon feed you'll already be able to do that um i will i've been uploading all the music as like a standalone um album essentially uh for for patreon folks so if you are interested in that go over to way slash or patreon.com slash way rather um and you can get bonus episodes and those just study episodes and i also have been putting together um when it makes sense um pdfs of books didn't I'm not going to do that for Barry's tunes obviously because that's a book you can still go get but I will try to throw in um stills of the um the Donald McDonald book I don't know I I really like this book you know for the longest time uh, it was the only book I had like I had O'Farrell and I had Donald McDonald and literally for 10 years 15 years I thought that my version of Donald McDonald was actually Angus Mackay because I didn't print the cover um guess I, I just, it was a borrowed copy from a museum friend, and uh, I didn't include the cover, because I just wanted the tunes, and uh, anyway, it's good stuff, um, but I will wait for later to have some epiphanies about it, I guess, so anyway, here is another set of Earl Uh I realize I recorded this way back on the podcast, uh, on season four, episode 13, which is some early days of the podcast um but it's you know the recording's pretty good and it's on highland pipes and uh as i mentioned i i like the wall shuttle pipes but holy cow do i miss variety so um so yeah we'll we'll go ahead and hear it to go out on uh, on illin pipes or on not on illin pipes and highland pipes rather Rah! i'm tired y'all very tired it's been a day uh, anyway, so season four, episode 13, I think is, uh, at one point I finally realized that I was wrong about Donald McDonald, uh, and that was episode 10. So season four, episode 10, I realized that all the teams I was playing were Donald McDonald and not Angus Mackay, but yeah, episode 13 is another just random, 11 was Amazing Grace, yeah, I've been thinking about all this stuff. I uh, I I'm, did an interview with Pete Stewart for uh, Common Stock, uh, which hopefully will make it into the next issue. Kind of went on a while. You might, might have to cut it completely. I don't know. Um, if he has to cut it, I'll just read it. I might read it on here anyway, but uh been thinking about my relationship to music a lot lately, but... Uh, yeah i guess i'll talk about that all later i'm just rambling because i'm tired it's 2 30 a.m i started working on this a long time ago so uh, anyway here is another take of earl morisco by me on highland pipes from years ago and uh, big thanks to barry shears for hooking me up with this book legacy you should definitely check it out if you are interested Uh, you can get it at kate i'll have a link in the show notes all right see everybody later or maybe it'll be another guest episode i'm not sure Uh, i'm eagerly talking to john charles about the episodes he's doing but uh, i'm not sure what the timeline is on them but i'm excited all right cheers (laughs)